0: I am just so grateful to have the opportunity to do this with the two of you gentlemen right now. Good Lord. (laughs) These days come and go so quickly. And there is so many things that we don't take, you know, full appreciation for. You could say we take them for granted. And I want to let it be known that 270 something episodes into this podcast. Good Lord. Thank God. The three of us are together right now. (laughs) Oh, my 276. Wow, wow is You speak yay big daddy. I last time was wow.
1: 276. Maybe it
2: is. I don't know. Maybe it is. I lost track.
0: going to see which one Jeff. of you turd sandwiches was going to interrupt me and make me not able to do this well
1: you got to start going before we can interrupt you
0: <laughs> oh rep my engine boys welcome to the comics Place presents a perfectly acceptable podcast episode 276 it's a podcast where we talk about all the comics that came out that week and the things that we did when we were not reading those comics and the things we did while we were reading those comics and the opinions that we had after ingesting those comics uh the you know comings and goings of our lives i am always mgf
1: i am this time, I'm Django. Oh, Django. I am Roman sometimes. Rome
0: time. Rome time. And I got a Rome
1: time error. We have a <laughs> problem
0: this week, which is that um, we don't have an email from Will, so I'm going to call oh, him God. right now, everybody.
1: Oh, I was going to say, what are we going to do? Let me know if like, you can or you can't hear <clears throat> Can't hear it
3: ringing. <laughs> Hello?
1: Hey, Will. Perfectly acceptable podcast here. Just curious if
0: you have anything to tell us about episode 276.
3: Episode two hundred and seventy-six. Absolutely, I do.
0: What is it? Um, what What is it? Django asks. Because because Django
3: asks. <laughs> um, you know, I was going to write you guys an email today, and I forgot it was Thursday. Uh, but
0: well, we uh, got excited about being able to call you and do this to you on air.
3: This is wonderful. <laughs> So, my friends, I just finished watching season three of The Boys, Ooh. and I thought it was phenomenal. Um, I also finished reading the first trade paperback uh, of The Boys, which is like <laughs> one through fourteen. Okay. I like the show significantly more than I like the book. And I was actually curious to ask you guys, when's the last time you saw an adapted version of something, whether it's a show or a movie, where you liked the adapted version of it better than the source material? Because usually it's the other way around.
0: That is a fantastic question. And I hear that you have children and stuff. So we're going to, we're going to, you don't get to hear us answer it. You have to, you'll have to listen in.
3: I, that's, I mean, it's just like any other week. I get to listen in, and uh, there's a reason for me to listen to the podcast once again.
0: Finally. Okay, <laughs> Will. Well, hey, we love you. Thank you for letting us do this to you.
3: Hey, thank you for calling me. And uh, also, P.S., how about that, Miss Marvel?
0: Ooh, postscript. Ooh. How about that, Miss Marvel? Bye, Will. What <laughs> <Bye. clears throat> a sweet man. God, talk about a mountain I wouldn't mind climbing. Ooh. <laughs> yeah.
1: I got um, not, I. I I got a yes. I don't have an and though. Is that okay. All
0: right? Adaptations. Adaptations where we like the adaptation more. I'm going to, I got one right off the bat. Yeah. But it, yeah, it's The Rocketeer.
1: Ooh. Yeah. I've never that's... read
0: any of the, I think the art is always awesome in those, but I've never read any of those stories where I'm like, this is awesome. And that movie is one of my favorite things.
1: Mystery Man.
2: Yeah. Was there a comic of that? Yeah. yeah. Who did it? I bet it's Dark like, Horse. Um, uh... Wasn't it Bob Burton that did Flaming Carrot?
1: yeah it was it was him and i can't quite remember who published it but it it might have been dark horse um it -hmm. was a tiny publisher if it wasn't dark horse Hmm. yeah um i wouldn't say that i like the boys or preacher more but i really really like them and they're very different animals i think it's hard to compare them
3: Hmm.
1: what about the uh the lord of the rings movies
0: I would say that's a really great answer and I agree with it, but only because I've never been able to get all the way through the source material just because I don't <laughs> know that I have like that amount of energy to read. I've never read a fantasy book that that's, that's that big. Right. Right. So in terms right. of accessibility, right. It, you know, if we're factoring that in Romeo, where are you on it?
2: Ooh, um, the first one's come to my mind. Well, and it's not cause Will said it, but the first one that came to my mind was actually, ms marvel because i mean the source comic is great but i think the show is even better and then another one another marvel show uh falcon and winter soldier i i was only able to get through one issue of that comic book series but the show was great
1: mystery men dark horse 99 to 99 four issues
2: nice
1: um, seems like an oversight that there's not a sex criminals TV show yet, right? Yeah, somebody probably beefed that.
0: Just like HBO or Showtime would be like, sweet, we get to show nudity and it's funny and it wouldn't be as exploitative as it normally is for us to normally show nudity nudity, not that anything's ever gonna stop us.
2: Mm-hmm. What was the oh man, um I need Sean for this. What was the David Cronenberg movie that was based on a graphic novel, Vigo Mortison's in it? Um, history, history of, of, violence. of violence yeah I, like, I thought the movie was better than the the, the comic what about oh, road comic. to perdition oh yeah i like that better than the comic too i never, never read, read the, the comic. comic
1: but the comic came out from paradox press right which was a dc imprint that mostly just put out really good books they did yeah brooklyn that were physically brooklyn small dreams maybe yeah little tiny yeah little shits I think I think we're in an era where we can finally have comics and and novels adapted into something better. I think for a long time, it was generally less than. But I think at this point, the adaptations are as good for the most part. Django, before
0: I get into the rundown of what books were me talking about this week, it just occurred to me like we've talked about having a podcast or a separate venture kind of talking about behind the scenes, retail counters, you know, shop stuff. Mm-hmm. and uh can you imagine being able to talk about anything for the last month that is not hey we got one of our entire publishers in a day late and had to show <laughs> up early on a wednesday and work way too hard way too early to get right to the point where we're no longer behind and then deal with the busiest day of the week like that's yeah that's i can't believe that every single week and in like one week it's like oh you guys actually got dc you're actually here on time and then you're not the next week and it's
1: yeah it's crazy it's uh It's it's never dull around our comic book store intake system holes, my butt, my butt. We're going
0: to talk about comics
1: this week. That's right. You're
0: here for comic book talk and to kind of huff the aura of Roman Statler, one Roman Stunkler. Um, And that huff juice is sending me to a good list of comics that you're about to get huffed up on. We're going to talk this week about Dark Crisis: Worlds Without a Justice League, Superman Number One. (laughs) That's a cover. That's a that's a title. Uh, We're going to talk about Above Snakes Number One. We're going to talk about Daredevil Number One. We're going to (laughs) talk about Space Lady Number One. We're going to talk about Eve of Judgment Number One. We're going to talk about (laughs) Superman Kal El Number One. All of that to say. We're working hard to follow in line with the Romy rule, which is the rule of not talking about a comic book two weeks, two issues in a row. So we've got a slew of number ones for you here. Stunkler, Stunkler, I hardly even stunk her. I just met her. I just met her. Okay, everybody, but that means it's time to turn the page and turn the tides and turn our eyes to the skies because Earn Superman the is coming down the chimney tonight.
1: <laughs> watching Glass. you.
0: Um, You guys, this is a crazy creative team. We didn't, I didn't even know that we were going to get this in. It showed up because DC was all late this week and it showed up Wednesday morning, not even knowing if it was going to, we got it all filtered and channeled away. And then I forgot um, to take my comic of it home. And then thank you, Django. He came and (laughs) dropped it off for me today on my day off. And
1: would have been an oversight. Tom uh, King and Chris Burnham, Mm -hmm. Tom,
0: Tom King and Chris Burnham. And not only that. But it's a one-shot from Tom King, and we know how seldom those come about. Say it again. One-shot from Tom King. And
1: Chris Burnham.
0: And you know what? What? There's a one-shot from Tom King and Mitch Garrods. It's like a month out, too. So, like, again. we're getting more Tom King one-shots.
1: Did we want to talk about the Aquaman backup first or just no, skip it I don't, completely? I think
0: skipping it yeah. completely, which okay. is what I I'm did. Into
1: that. I'm into that. Yeah. yeah. I read the first three words, and then I stopped.
0: <laughs> yeah, I read the final page because I, I guess when i finished this i was like that was great what was that what is this are there going to be more of these in this line of other what is this okay so maybe i'll look at the aquaman no this seems like a totally different thing i'm
1: done so i think what's going on roman was leaning in though
2: roman did you have an explanation I, i do now because i read that aquaman Thing actually, so you did you little, yeah, but but I read it a few days ago and and I and I read it to get it out of the way because I didn't really care about it, so I didn't read the uh the explanation, explanation page. Jesus, about where's uh, that? Is that the end? It's the no, it's the second page of the Superman story. Oh, okay, yeah, okay, Um, that thing, yeah, 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 and that and that explained it because it says uh pariah has uh justice League isn't really dead we all knew that pariah has imprisoned the essence of each justice league member on custom-made worlds um using his powers blah 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 each world has been s- created from the innermost hopes of the justice league so that's what the aquaman story is that's what aquaman wishes his life okay. was just like the superman story is what you know kal which is his life was
1: i dig man that pariah what a jerk yeah, yeah. wishes <laughs> like <laughs> well, a genie
0: yeah. i know i'm just it's it's interesting thinking of like, what is this in the flow of DC comics right now? We've had Dark Crisis number two. We don't really know how this, re- I mean, I guess maybe he's feeding off of the <clears throat> hope of, it. it's a little weird also, like we killed all these characters, but without even the main story mentioning it, we are mentioning that they're not dead. They've got, ess- which we already knew, but they've got essences on worlds. It's also, why does he have gray hair?
2: I. It made a lot more. The Aquaman story made a lot more sense in that context.
0: Yeah, I, 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 so I did read that intro thing when I was reading this. So the the story in and of itself made sense, but in terms of like just why this exists within dc it we don't really know yet because we don't really know within the dark crisis story how these planets are being used which is fine we will find out i'm sure but, but it seems a like, little bit like the cart before the horse
1: from like a superman standpoint this makes a lot of sense he gets to see his kid grow up this is like john the missing years on earth and of course superman wishes that he was a little bit older with a son that he could send
2: away right yeah the only thing i'm kind of curious about is why does he in his innermost fantasy fantasy world, why does his son not have a Superman costume, but have a combo, Robin, costume. Rob, Robin and Superman costume?
0: Well, it's just sort of, he's like, I've never had an actual ward boy, what would when Batman has ward boys all the time, so I'm just going <laughs> to yeah. base it on Batman's ward boys. What would it be like to have a ward boy that would fly around with me and solve crimes and have <clears throat> things bounce off his chest with me?
1: I mean, yeah, it seems like that maybe helps protect his identity a little bit right so when he's younger he's wearing the mask and as he gets older
2: he oh maybe stops
1: wearing the mask like yeah
2: it's not mentioned but maybe kal-el kind of wishes he hadn't revealed his identity to the world mm.
1: yeah because they're they're i think their identities are still secret at this in this world
2: yeah because
0: it's yeah his yeah yeah that's a good point so his perfect world would be him saying that he didn't reveal his identity
1: (laughs) and he's kind of growing up to be his own dad which you know i think most of us wish that we wouldn't but Uh, Of course, Superman wishes that he would.
0: (laughs) I think it's interesting when you compare how he's portrayed throughout this story, like he ages, which I think it's an interesting like so if we're really leaning into all the subtle things here are a reference to how he wishes reality was for him. I like the idea that he wishes that he was aging along with Lois. Yeah, uh, because he definitely does look older at the end there, which is, you know, I think with Superman lore, we don't think that he ages the same if that if I'm not speaking out of school. How about that muted blue color on all of the costumes? I love his mm-hmm. muted blue. I like when his, like when John has the this, this costume growing up, like his is muted blue. I love it. I love that. I love that.
1: The art is so good. And that scene where he walks away from John in the bedroom down the hall was really effective. Yeah, that was interesting. Sorry, Roman, I stepped on your butthole. I, I didn't know I was going to say anything.
2: I love, I love it when they're on Mars or wherever they're. Yeah, they're on Mars playing fetch with crypto and crypto, crypto. So that's probably the cutest crypto we've ever seen.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We we definitely he's portrayed as pretty pissed off and angry at times here as well, which is like I'm just thinking about that scene that you were talking about his son and like that being effective. Like when he walks down the hall, it almost was like kind of like a moment of weakness as well. I was like, I don't know if John Kent would have handled that that poorly. But I think I think it also did a lot to humanize him. But there there seemed to be elements in this where I was like, this isn't like the idealized Superman.
1: Well, or Superman's idea of idealized is being able to be mad and then learning from it and coming back from it. Hmm. I mean, yeah. you wouldn't you wouldn't think that Superman would ever really be able to get angry, right? Yeah, it's probably kind of a relief for him to be able to do that and and recover.
0: Yeah, Django. Yeah. Django?
1: I don't know, man. I'm just saying shit that I think you would probably say. Yeah? Django?
0: (laughs) (laughs)
2: Yeah? Makes sense to me. He's always wanted to be uh, as human as he can be. Um, That's a very human way to react to your kid telling you you suck.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, again, if we're swallowing this whole thing as this pill, which now I'm very into, of like, these are all, if we're actually getting into it, all of it is an extension of like how he would want to be. Yeah, when he feels like he always has to be the nicest healthiest most supportive person that yeah he probably does wish that sometimes he could just get fucking angry and, and have moments of weakness
1: and think about like you know the very first panel is john being able to see what's going on on uh apocalypse right mm-hmm. and the, the whole through line of this is john wishing that he could go help the people of apocalypse and clark not being willing to let him go do that and that seems like a journey that you would want for your kid, right? To to altruistically want to go help people before you're even ready and eventually getting to a point where you can let them go do this thing that's pretty dangerous, but they'll probably be okay because you probably raised them well enough.
0: Dang it, boys. Yeah. You're both right. I liked this a lot. I like it even more now. <laughs> Good Lord.
2: You know, Just, you know. One one minor little correction. They're, they're not the people of Apocalypse, that's on Durla. Oh, thanks. The, the planet where the chameleon boy is from. They're all shapeshifters. Christ, Django. <laughs>
1: they do say that it's
2: happening on Durla.
1: Yeah. Listen, I read it while I waited for you guys to get on Zoom because I fucked <laughs> up today.
0: <laughs> um, I still think it's weird that this mini series exists with the information <clears> that we <throat> have now. Um, but you know. Dark Crisis, Worlds Without a Justice League. So we're going to be looking at Bottled Universes.
1: Event without an outline. But we have
0: to know that from reading the summary page because we have not gotten anything in the main story that indicates any of this yet. So
1: really? I thought somebody had mentioned that. Maybe it was just a solicitation. I thought I read something in a comic that... That that's what had happened.
0: I mean, I think they're still parading around the idea that the Justice League is dead in the main Dark Races.
1: Yeah, yeah it must have just been a, an advertisement that I read. I get advertisements in comic books confused sometimes, Jeff. <laughs> I,
0: I mean, like, guys, what are your scores? What is your scores? Where is it? Where is it, gentlemen? Gentle
1: boys? I'm going to give the Tom King and Chris Burnham story. That's a 10. Okay. 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 And listen, for... Uh, for the cover price of 4.99, it's worth it. And then you get this free recyclable Aquaman story. Yeah,
0: that you can use as
1: kindling. Although apparently, it makes a lot more sense if you read the other one first, according to Roman. That's that's what my friend Roman said.
2: It did. It answered questions for me the once I read that introductory thing I said, "Oh, that's why those characters are in the background there, the Aquaman story because they're all dead."
1: So also you would need the the current state of all Aquaman stories, which I I don't
2: there's a reason I didn't read it.
0: It's 21 pages of Burnham and Tom King. It's amazing. Superman. It's amazing it's, like, that, colors too. Nearly yeah. a full, full issue.
2: Yeah. I, uh, yeah. I give it a 10 and same thing. I actually, until we, I looked at it again, just in the last 20 minutes, I forgot the Aquaman story was there.
1: Yeah. Colors by Adriana Lucas and uh, really well, great colors. Dr. Lucas.
0: I'm going to go 9.5 really no complaints about <clears throat> it 9.5. outside of just the weirdness of publishing is is where <laughs> where I'm falling with that. But listen, it's time for us to stop focusing way on the macro and zoom it in. Look down on the earth from above above snakes. Number one image. <laughs> comics. All right. OK, that's uh, Sean Lewis and Hayden Sherman lettering by Hassan Atman Ilaho. We've said that name before. Um, I you, like the lettering you say so we are soon going to have a guest on this podcast his name is Sean Marshall he was going to be here tonight but it didn't happen um so next week we're going to be on it listen uh I've convinced him that uh the people want to know I've convinced him that Peach Momoko listens to every single episode. Oh, so brilliant, Jeff! I think he's become nervous about coming on, <laughs> but he says yeah, I got to hype him up so that Peach is excited to hear him. So Peach and whether you're there or not, I don't know. <clears throat>
1: Oh, she's there. Sean Marshall oh, is the
0: there. absolute best. And he uh, rated this book very, very highly. And he's excited to talk to you next week on the show. Above Snakes, number one, Sean Lewis, Hayden Sherman. What did you guys think of this comic? And you can't base the entire thing on pages two and three, which are some of my, like maybe one of my favorite double page spreads I've ever seen.
1: <laughs> I almost stopped reading at that page. Because
0: <laughs> you were like, this sucks.
1: I was just like, God, that's so much to read. And not really. It's not, but I, I almost fell asleep trying to get through it. It looks so cool, though, Daddy O. I, I got no excuse. Yeah. It, it. Yeah that that page. Had you just eaten a big sandwich? Probably. Yeah. Probably it didn't do it for me, but every other panel in this book was my new favorite panel. Uh, so you I really liked the Really like this art.
0: Yeah. Okay, well then let's get Roman on the spot. <clears throat> Wait, Roman, you didn't read this. I
2: didn't read it.
0: Fucking A. Okay, so this was <laughs> Sean said 9.5 out of 10. Um, okay, Jangle, will you just wrap this up in a pitch for me? Like what was this?
2: Oh
1: gosh. It's a a dude who wakes up in the desert and uh he's gotta go find he's he's basically like uh uh well, they call themselves blood runners, but they're cowboys searching for revenge and he's got a ghost vulture that hangs out with him um and and kind of guides him and he just has like a little tiny lone ranger style adventure where he goes in and he kills the guys who are prostituting the women and uh finds the the ringleader and leaves them to their their doom super simple story it kind of reminded me of of what i loved about the uh jimmy Palmiotti and justin gray all-Star Jonah Hex stories, yeah. be, even before the All Star, oh. like they, they did like seventy issues of Jonah Hex, yes. and I think in those seventy issues, seventy six issues, I think there were like sixty eight stories. So like they very rarely had like two issue storylines. It's just like dude walks into a town, solves a problem, walks out of a town, and I, I love that format. Uh, and this this hit that format really well. And the art, every bit of the art i loved it it's like it's like kyle baker from kyle baker from the drawing from the 80s but then colored nowish and that's my two favorite styles of his
0: yeah that i agree with all of that uh the art was my favorite part i don't think it would surprise anyone that the story wasn't like super super compelling to me but i did enjoy the whole thing i bet i'll read the next one uh i think it, it man for some reason i had the feeling it was three gonna be three parts long but actually now that i'm thinking about it i don't know if that's true um like i but, would
1: say i don't love the the script the end
0: i was reading the final i didn't realize there was a paragraph a couple pages after the sketch stuff um, i don't know that either <laughs> yeah uh so yeah you know it, actually now that i'm thinking about it it kind of has like a cowboy bebop vibe to me yeah. but like no sci-fi in it but yeah. like kind of kooky kind of kooky you got this ghost vulture that's hanging out with him the art is you know, not anime or manga-esque, but is unique to itself in this way that like leans into its uniqueness. And yeah, it, it did. It reminded me of, like the first episode of Cowboy Bebop, which I think mm-hmm. is uh, an all-time great episode of television uh, in terms of a single issue story, single episode story. It Yeah, like, yeah, I didn't think about that until now, but it's got, a, it's got a Cowboy Bebop vibe to me, pretty heavy. So if you like Cowboy Bebop, but are not necessarily only there for the sci-fi vibe, I think you'd like this. And you could like this for many other reasons outside of that.
1: It's a five-issue series, and I don't think that you need, like, if you could read this first issue and be satisfied, I think.
0: I think so. Like, it doesn't, yeah, this doesn't hinge on reading the next two issues to get it. This is, which I think, yeah, you can do with Cowboy Grew-Up as well. Like, just uh, yeah, try it out. Try it out, folks. We got a lot of these ones. It's been remarkably unsuccessful for a book that uh, two of our employees like a lot, and I like yeah. a fair amount. So it's then, Django, what was your score, yo? Uh,
1: I give it an eight. Okay. Very, okay. very good. I gave it a seven point five. 7. Quite 5. freaking good. God damn! You said Sean gave it a nine and a half.
0: Nine and a half. Nice. Yeah, I thought so too. I thought so too. So Roman, you Hello. precious snake of a man, you puckered little snake, you puckered little. <laughs> Ooh. Ew. Um. Uh. Did you read Daredevil number one? I did. Did you like it? Should it have been called Daredevil? number 35 and devil (laughs) Range should have been a part of daredevil and it
2: should have been called daredevil number 649
0: oh really is that what it is legacy numbering
2: oh it is (laughs) god
0: we're one episode away from six that's crazy they're like it's 925 of spider-man here's a big deal but here it's like yeah it would be 650 but we put a number one out for 649 so that doesn't really (laughs) matter we can't do (laughs) yeah That's weird. Hey, uh, tell us about this. Did you like this? What, what, what's going on with this?
2: You know, they missed a great opportunity with this cover. Why didn't they? I mean, his, his insignia was two overlapping D's. Why didn't they change the logo so it's like Daredevil and Daredevil or Daredevils? And they could have used the two D's and it would have been pretty slick. Daredevil? Yeah. Yeah,
1: you're right. That's, that's a good summary of the plot. Or they yeah, could have, or they yeah. could
2: have, or they could have, like,
1: uh. I'm
0: glad that this issue is the one where you're like, they could have done that. Are you talking about because Electra in it as
2: well? well I'm talking about because if they go to the trouble of renumbering it well, with number one, why not do something cool with the logo? And since you've got two Daredevils running around together.
0: Right. So, yeah, because there's two Daredevils, that's what you're saying. I was going to say, because, yeah. like, yeah, this covers a lot like a lot of other Daredevil covers. Why didn't they do that at any time? But would you well, do- We have two Daredevils now. Did
2: Daredevil? We have two dare Daredevils now. I don't now. know. I might, I might, I might. Overlap, you know, I don't know what you call that graphically. I, mean, I overlap Daredevil and Daredevil, so there's like two Daredevil words, but intermingled, mm-hmm. just like just like his logo.
1: I'll get you a copy of Photoshop. You can fix it for him okay i'll set it in damn it
2: you guys use
0: this I'm gonna install photoshop on my 98 in the lenovo <laughs> <I got laughs> yeah, a photoshop yeah.
2: three my <laughs> marvel give here use this new logo daredevils and give me a no prize for it
0: <laughs> uh yeah we're gonna give you no prize for that but seriously <laughs> though did you like this comic was oh, it yeah
3: easy?
2: yeah so, I, yeah I, i've been reading daredevil for all along so i this is just continuing the storyline that was already happening in issue 648. Um, so, yeah, it was cool. I mean, Daredevil's going to leave New York yet again. And of course, we'll be back because Daredevil belongs in New York. I mean, come on.
0: So, yeah, like, what is this about? So, we've <laughs> got following Devil's reign. Everyone, you know, forgets that Matt's. Yeah, people, you know, everyone think, thinks he's dead.
2: Yeah, everybody thinks he's dead because his brother actually was killed by the Kingpin. Kingpin and Typhoid Mary have left town. Um, so Kingpin's sons are separately going to try and take over New York. Uh, the Rose and Butch. I don't think Butch <laughs> has like a, I don't think Butch has a, has a. That's a mini series name. I'd read. The
1: Rose <laughs> and Butch. Oh yeah. Eclipse Comics put it out a long yeah. time ago, Jeff.
3: <clears throat>
2: yeah. So it's just about that. Him and Electra, she's still Daredevil as well. Um, but now there's some new thing called the Red Fist or whatever that apparently Daredevil is. Leading, maybe we don't know yet, but um, they're going to take on the hand because you know, yet again, Daredevil and the Elector are dedicating themselves to destroying the hand, which will lead to big things with the Punisher since he's now being leading the hand but also being manipulated into doing so. So that's kind of where we are. You guys looking forward to the inevitable crossover with
1: Punisher?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's inevitable. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, it'll be it'll be good, I'm sure. I guess my complaint with this is that it's a number one, and I think it was pretty confusing. We had like You know, everyone thinks Matt's dead, but he's not dead, but he pretends to be Mike, who is dead, to go talk to this other person who thinks that Mike is alive. And like, that's not insanely confusing if you've been reading everything up to it. But I think if you haven't been and this is a number one, like that's kind of confusing. And then there was some other confusing stuff. Like just in terms of like the narration was done by this guy who's like his guardian angel, but maybe he's not an angel, but the way that the narration was introduced at the beginning of the story, it seemed kind of like it was Matt himself or maybe Mike. Cause I didn't know what's going on. And then there's also like, it's all framed then within that about by this narrative narration of Matt. Well, he's got like a long beard and most of this, he doesn't have a beard. There's a lot of times going on here.
2: Yeah. It's almost like a Tom King book. Yeah, you're right. But, but not as uh
0: But I haven't built the faith in his quite as well done. Yeah, yeah.
2: But Braden was asking Sean and I because he hasn't read everything to kind of catch him up, and we were both like, "Um, well, oh, there's so much." And yeah, this is not a good if you haven't been reading Daredevil and Devil's Reign, this isn't a good jumping on point because you'd have to have read all of those and kept it straight in order to understand this issue.
1: So let me tell you guys something. Yeah, I have not been reading Daredevil, Uh and I didn't read Devil's Reign, and other than a couple of things that I had to catch up on i was fine only knowing what i've heard from you guys um and i don't feel like i feel like i've had very broad strokes um but i was never confused they, he spelled everything out pretty well other than the nine panel grids of daredevil wearing a beard and talking about probably the thrust of the entire series i was not confused at, at any given point point. and like Spider-Man
0: did know who he was but <clears and throat> then didn't know who he is and then now he does know who he is again and um, so was, yeah, I think that I, uh, so Django. I, uh, I would take it back. You,
2: it is a good jumping on point. Everybody yeah, buy it.
0: <laughs> I would. I would say my explanation for that is that, and throughout this whole series, there hasn't really been anything that's been confusing to me. And like it's been pretty straightforward storytelling. So for this one, there seems to be a drop in clarity, which is not to say that it is impossible. I think if you're approaching it with a real flexible stance of not knowing everything going on, Mm -hmm. then it it probably doesn't defy that understanding of it. But I think if you've been following stuff pretty closely and now several months have gone by without an issue, it, it was like, I don't remember this run being this like... I read it all. I should know exactly what's going on. I mean, yeah, I mean, just like the Mike thing. Maybe it's more confusing to be like, I think Mike died, but they're twins. Is this a different time? Is this a different reality? Is he gone? He had a beard a second ago. He doesn't have a beard now. What's who but
1: Yeah, I just kind of felt like he did a good job of recapping in line, which yeah. I'm always impressed with. Uh, I thought it was interesting. And, and without flashbacks and without too much exposition. Like you yeah. just kind of had to use all your context clues.
0: Yeah, Zidarsky is a phenomenal writer. I think that this is a slight variation in Chiquetto's style as well. This doesn't look like the first volume of this looked.
1: Fucking Chiquetto channelled through um, John Romita Jr.
0: I was feeling almost like some Araujo <clears throat> vibes on the fight scenes and stuff. On uh, yeah. Araujo,
2: um, but ri- yeah, I, sorry, re- I really liked that the Daredevil's last night in New York adventure and he he always hanging out with Spider Man and specifically wanted to hang out with Spider Man and yeah out of all the other superheroes, like say goodbye to him.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's sweet.
3: <laughs> yeah, that was I
0: awesome. don't know about this guardian angel <laughs> character, but yeah, I I loved, I love the art. It's just interesting to see Chiquetto variation, like having a variation on his style. Mm-hmm. I think that's pretty rad. There's a backup in the back that Chip writes. He's written two comics in the last two weeks that have a backup that he also writes. I always like when it's actually written by the same writer and it feels like it's cohesively tied in and it's Electra out there finding a, finding a new base.
1: Oh gosh, I didn't even realize that was a backup. You're totally right. I thought it was just the rest of the issue.
0: Yeah, there's an art change and like a little yep. credits page.
1: Yeah. I thought it was pretty good. Um, I I I'll it was read quite another good, yeah. issue or two. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. Roman, what was your score for it? <clears throat> uh, I gave it an eight. Give I it an gave an eight eight.
1: Give it an eight also. I gave it an 8.5. Um, it's interesting that Chip Zdarsky is writing Marvel's Batman and DC's Daredevil. I think that's yeah. a pretty cool thing.
0: There's very similar characters. And yeah, yeah, you're right. He's good at the angst. Roman, what mm. do you got?
2: I thought Marvel's Batman was Moon Knight. Shh. Oh. <laughs> you have my joke. He's uh, not okay. Moon Knight. <laughs> but he should. I hey. don't know. But I don't know because I don't remember the order we were talking about.
0: Roman, did you read Space Lady? Space Lady! <laughs> lady! <laughs> Thank you. Uh,
2: pop I did. wow. I did. <laughs> <laughs> got a pop, got a wow. <laughs> <laughs> don't.
0: He can't say it without doing that with his head.
2: <laughs> I, I can't, Yeah. No. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, I, I did read it. Did you like the lady? <laughs> did, you like did you like space lady? I, I, you know, I mean, I think so, but I need to reread it. Cause I read it. It was the last comic book I read last night. I was in bed and it was too late. And I like fell asleep and dropped it on my face twice. Mm. Um, so I couldn't really tell you what happened in it today. <laughs> there was Django, a robot. What is,
0: and... <laughs> what is the appeal of space lady Django?
1: Man. It's, it looks like Jim, Mafud. it does in high school doing just something kind of <laughs> dirty and titillating. And, I don't know that the, the plot or the script is very good, but it's really entertaining. Kind of in a similar way uh, to Mullet Cop, uh, where it's, it's just like, wow, I, I know exactly what's going on in this story, and it's not very subtle and pretty funny, and the, the cartooning is really good in it. Um, and I'm just now looking at some of the background jokes. Like, there's a poster on her wall on the first page that says, rats near you? Find out now all rats no waiting (laughs) ratmaps.com that's pretty funny (laughs) and it's definitely not for kids like the the very first panel is her like passed out with her butt up in the air wearing underwear um there's nipples poking out through the whole
2: thing yeah there's that like roomba but it's labeled cleaner c word
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think it was really fun to look at the art throughout all of it and i did not think that the story was very interesting at all but it did. Your description, I think, is yeah, it's, it seems like a really talented high schooler's zine.
2: Yeah. Like it's a, it's yeah. a really
0: talented high schooler and a moderately talented adult.
1: <laughs> like, like, you want to see what this kid is going to do next. Yeah. And maybe you don't need to see what this grown up's going to do next.
0: Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. I, I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, it's just dumb and fun and it's one of two books that i read this week that are along the same lines this and, and the mullet cop
0: dumb fun and full of comics
1: her, 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 her
0: spaceship is a
1: big old butt plug, butt plug yeah <laughs> or maybe yeah. butt plugs are maybe butt plugs are little old spaceships
0: so who is this comic know. for django who is gonna who is going to have walked in and felt good about this purchase after reading it
1: oh man me i would say anybody who likes indie comics but uh, wants a little bit of story to go with it um, yeah you know somebody somebody who wants something a little bit uh, a little bit goofy and gross and has four bucks it's a cheap comic for the the paper quality if you ask me
0: and the cover yeah. quality and you're supporting an indie artist and mm-hmm. yeah I, I think <clears throat> I think the kid should be supported hopefully it's a kid maybe he's like 35 and just <laughs> drastically
1: untalented but the inside front cover says thanks for buying this you are great if you're just looking in the store, ignore that. You're fine too. I thought that was pretty cute. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's 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 always awesome to support the next generation of creators and this is left of mainstream and that's pretty cool to to yeah. do. Uh, I didn't think it was fantastic, but I thought the art was pretty great. I thought the I gave it a 6.0. It's a, mostly an art venture for me.
1: I could it a 7.0. I also gave it a 7.0. Oh, nice. Roman. We're on the same page. I think oh so icky is a 24 24 year old trans girl in the uk okay um yeah that rules so that's that kind of follows Behemoth's sort of theme of of finding people outside of the u.s to do <laughs> comics i don't know that they've had a u.s creator since i've been paying attention yeah i mean i think cinnamon
0: was u.s but that's like the only one in the best comic they put out hey
1: can i tell you guys something <laughs> yeah
0: we've got an email from brad garside
1: <clears throat> oh god you got a don't news from the far tell side me with, tell me to sit
0: down news from the far side with brian garside <laughs> dearest denizens of my favorite comic shop whose doors i have not yet darkened it's me it's me your old proud brian g that's not a good voice for brian he's way friendlier <laughs> uh as you may or may not know i have a 13 year old son 13 was the age i almost left comics behind and as a terrible parent but off, awesome. Awesome dad. I want to keep this from happening to my boy. I was very nearly ready to move on from comics when at 13 I stumbled into Alan Moore's swamp thing, and it was just the perfect age for it to tell my or to melt my brain. The next year, Crisis on Infinite Earth came out and hooked the 14-year-old in me. By the time I was 15, the DCU was rebooting and the roots were deep. What modern stuff should I slowly introduce him to in order to melt his brain? He loves absurdity, grew up on ambush, ambush bug, the tick, and is addicted to Nick Spencer's run on the amazing Spider-Man.
3: Mm, we want to melt.
0: We want to melt his brain Crossed. at fourteen. Those oh man, badges.
2: he um. But he grew up uh, his run on Spider-Man. He should go back and if he hasn't already, he should read um, Nick Spencer's sp- previous Spidey book, The Deadly Foes of Spider-Man. Oh and yeah,
0: Superior Foes, both of those back to back. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, yep, yeah, cuz that's like subversive Spider-Man stuff. So, Spencer's yeah. Superior Foes and Deadly Foes of Spider-Man. I think Superior was first.
1: Um, if Brian's not going to read this over his shoulder, I would say uh he should get his kid the uh God Hates Astronauts for a little bit of absurdity.
0: Yep, that's absurd and gorgeous mm. to look at. <clears throat> yep. So, we're probably not saying the Boys yet cuz we don't want to fuck him up. We're going to just will give him a,
1: Give him a year or two, get him yeah. the Boys and crossed.
2: Yeah, I was in college when I read The Boys and <laughs>
0: I mean, if you were like 13, 14, when you read Alan Moore's Swamp Thing, I would say that would be a good one to get in there. And if you also are wanting him to read a slightly more superhero things, um, I, you, they're reprinting that Alan Moore Miracle Man mm. series in an omnibus. And that is dark and messed up and will melt your brain. But also it's not like it's not like Cross or the boys level of f up, <clears throat> I don't think.
1: Right. What about um, Animal Man from the same era?
0: Oh, yeah, that's a good call. Again, mm-hmm. both of those are sort of like dated art doom patrol as well Mm -hmm. but yeah i would say especially animal man from morrison at that era melt that kid's brain um planetary is up Mm -hmm. there because if he's seen a lot of movies and stuff i think that that's like a fun one because it makes sense for like genre stuff but it also is kind of brain melting because you're jumping from reality to reality and uh that's one that i
1: think you can probably get a new juice out of every two years uh, yeah like you grow as a comic book reader
0: yeah, you gotta be able to juice your fruit more than once.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, gosh, I mean, if if he already gave him the tick, then I don't know why he's really asking for absurd things.
0: Yeah. Well, oh, there's just not an insane amount of tick.
1: It's true, especially not good tick. So if those first twelve, that's where it's at.
0: And then show him the t- the tick TV
2: shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. maybe maybe Flaming Carrot or Reed Fleming, world's toughest <clears throat> man, or oh, yeah. uh, Scud. I never read Scud. I don't know about that. Isn't it like that? I haven't read it
0: either. It isn't like oh. that. A bounty hunter.
1: It's like a little cartoony, video gamey, like 90s video gamey looking uh, AIM kind of character who runs around. The
0: disposable assassin.
1: Yeah. Shooting a humorous
0: people. hyperkinetic science fiction comic by Rob Schraub about a, a world in which they can buy robot assassins out of vending machines, the most popular of which are intelligent robots that kill a specific <clears throat> target and then self destruct. I got one. Okay, and
1: this this would go along with uh, Ambush Bug. I would recommend the Heckler, six issues by Keith Giffen, with that nearly untranslatable artwork that Keith Giffen did at the time. And uh, I I think it's probably as ridiculous as the Tick. What about Hitman? Not not old enough yet. I mean, Hitman was was in the DCU. They say Mother Lovin' a lot instead Ooh, of the alternative Mother. Hunting. Um, yeah. I mean, that's that's an amazing comic. I'll bet I'll bet he would really like it. There's there's some of the funniest stuff of the era in there, like when the aquarium gets zombified and they have to go club all the baby seals to death because they're zombies and they're going to eat them. That was pretty funny.
0: Hey, Django, did you read uh, Avengers X-Men Eternals Eve of Judgment? I didn't. OK, well, then shut the fuck up. Roman, right. did you? <laughs> I did. OK, OK. I read it also. And I bet you gave it a higher score than I did because you know all about the Eternals. There are a hundred Eternals listed in the credits page of this book. Um, yeah, so only, many
2: of them are good. Yeah. That's only the important ones. <laughs>
0: yeah. So sell me on this. Can you? Did you like it? <laughs> um, Is this something you want other people to be excited about?
2: Why can't I? Well, you know, it's, it's one of your favorite writers, Kieran Gillen. Yeah. <laughs> um, I have the Boy, to prove it. I, I don't know. It's it's you know I I've, I've read all of Kieran Gillens' Eternals books um so far including this. And, and this is uh, uh launching out of the events of his Eternals run there's this event that's going to be the Avengers and the Eternals and 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 the X-Men. Um basically in this the the oh what's his name? Druig who's like the bat, the evil eternal, he's decided just that he wants to destroy he decided he wants to kill all the mutants because mutants are basically just mutated deviants and deviant. There's the eternals and the deviants, the deviants are the, right. the icky ones. <laughs> um, and he's decided he just wants to kill all the mutants because they're even, they're even worse deviants. Um, but, you know, I don't, I don't know why they felt Karen Gillen felt the need to want to do this. I don't know what the thinking is behind this book, the editorial mandate, because there's, I don't know. I don't know why the story is going this way. Um, that's this what issue- I was
0: thinking while reading this. I was just like, I don't get any, like there is no logical thing to have like the inhuman sorry, not the inhumans, the Eternals want to kill the X-Men. Like why are the Avengers tied in? I don't, at some point there's going to be a Celestial. That'll be cool, I bet. But it's like Druid just wants to kill them because yeah, technically they're, he wants people to follow him. And by doing, like killing a whole, like genocide will make people want to follow. Him. I don't know.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, just cause they're, 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 they're double deviants in a way, um, but yeah, there's no, you know, the the rest of the Eternals have this problem where they've real, they've found out that uh, they resurrect, but every time they do, they didn't know this. Every time they do to balance things out cosmically, um, the Earth kills a human being, and now they feel really guilty about that, having found that out, and so they don't want to do anything. Um, and they're dealing with that existential crisis. Druig's the only one that is doing this new plan about killing mutants. Rest Eternals are all messed up. Um, I don't know how the Avengers are going to get involved exactly.
0: So, has someone it, who has read all of the Eternal stuff leading up to this? Did you like this?
2: <laughs> the art was pretty. Uh, there was some cool. There were some cool concepts, just like the bomb that Druig's henchman comes up yep. with. was pretty cool that they uh, didn't get to use. Yeah. But overall, I was like, I don't, I don't care about this so far. Even though I've liked his main Eternals book up to up to this point, but I'm like, you know, I, you know, this is silly. Let's get back to the main plot of these stories. No, I read it obligatorily.
0: Yeah, I, I guess I'm excited. Oh, I want to be excited about the main. So this is like the prequel. This is this Eve of Judgment, and the you know no. the actual story is Age of Extinct or Age, Eve, what is it, Extinction Judgment Day of Judgment, something like that. I'm sorry, I'm being a bad uh, Judgment Day. Um. Yeah. So here's the here's the pitch for the Judgment Day event. The X-Men okay. claim they're the planet's new gods. The Eternals know that position is already filled. The Avengers are about to realize exactly how many secrets their so-called friends have kept from them. Years of tension lead to a volcanic eruption as two worlds burn. Who has leaked the X-Men secrets to the latest foes? Why is Tony Stark abducting an old friend and who stands in judgment over the whole world? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Gosh.
2: Yeah. I mean, we've been reading the X books. I mean, when have they claimed that the planet's new gods?
0: <laughs> you know, they're yeah, their whole Mars shit and all that. I guess that, you know, they're they're having an air of superiority that makes them act in a way that thinks they're superior to humans. I wouldn't say that they've claimed that they're the world's new gods, though.
2: Yeah. 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 But you know, I mean, they are superior to (laughs) you. It's true, right? Yeah.
0: They're being objective about it. And they're called
2: homo superior. (laughs) Yeah, I guess.
0: Yeah. I just don't really know. I don't know. Every time I read an Eternals book, I walk away being like, I don't know if I'll ever know enough to be able to enjoy (laughs) these books. And I don't know if like, I don't think this was super accessible to new readers, especially like the Kieran Gillen Eternals stuff of all the people who are known and named and, like way less accessible than Daredevil was. And I complained about that being a little confusing.
2: Yeah. And this, and unfortunately, you know, if people think because they saw the movie, they can dive into like, say this, well, it's, that's not a lot of help. I mean, yeah, there's characters with the same names and basically powers, but the movie had nothing to do with this current modern Eternals series. Can I tell you something that really chaps my butthole? What, what chaps that? Which I saw that
0: movie, the Eternals. And at the end, a giant celestial starts coming out of the earth. Uh-huh. And it's like coming out of the earth. You know, it's a huge ass motherfucker. It is coming out of the earth and they stop it. But there are still like giant Django, Stop it. There is like giant Jango's being gross. There are giant coming out of the earth. There is a giant mountain range of celestials. And no one has talked about it in any of these movies since then. Is like... it
1: because the, cele- <laughs> the Eternals takes place a little bit ahead? Maybe. That would be confusing. There's been multiple
0: movies since then. There's been Doctor Strange, Thor, and Spider-Man.
1: Yeah, but... There's a giant you, continent that's you, now
0: an Eternal. Yeah, sorry, you, would, you would think.
2: Yeah, you would think at least Doctor Strange would at least make a passing reference to the celestial mountain range in Europe or wherever it is. Well, but how do or we I know wanna... that
1: the Eternals didn't take place five years from now? Like all of the Marvel movie and TV timeline is fucked from COVID. I so maybe we'll think see the fallout. I would from
0: mention that, that. That would be great. That's an or maybe they'll just look.
1: pretend it never fucking happened because that movie bombed pretty hard i liked it
0: i want them to go on to that carcass like they do in star wars when at the beginning ray is like exploring an old star destroyer that's like yeah yeah, yeah. i want to be see you know people hiking around inside a celestial or something
1: are we allowed to spoil anything in thor yeah
0: roman hasn't seen it
1: okay
2: how much of a spoiler is it i mean i don't i don't know if i care
0: yeah i'm down for it we're gonna spoil thor now
1: just i mean not not a huge spoiler just, just an appearance there is a celestial in Thor. Maybe oh a Christ, of, Django! Come like, on. Couple of couple of looks at him, and I I feel like at some point we get a really good comparison of the celestial suit versus a person size, and it didn't feel to me like it matched up with what we saw in Eternals. So maybe it was a maybe it was a wee celestial. It was a baby celestial. It was a just tiny like one. a like a I don't know like a bi celestial a bicentennial celestial. They
0: show like horizon shots with it, like coming out of the planet. Yeah. It was, big. it was
2: awesome. Yeah. It was
0: awesome. It was awesome. I never I thought that, that ball ball. my
1: favorite part of a movie would be
2: Celestials.
0: So I gave you a judgment six.
2: Oh, um, I gave it, did I write it down?
0: Oh, I gave it a seven.
2: Yeah. yeah. You like an eternal. Yeah. I like the eternals. I and love the Jack Kirby every, series.
0: Every single issue I, of ever. I think, every I, think I have. Story, so yeah, all the Jack so,
2: Kirby issues, all the Neil Gaiman issues. It should make sense to you. Um,
0: Okay, Roman, well, on the topic of things making sense to you, talk about Superman's Son of Kal-El, number 13. It's the one book in my stack I haven't gotten to yet this week. Number 13? And Jango the... hates Superman, so he won't read
2: it. Oh, that's so right, he does. Yeah. So much. It's the dynamic debut of Dreamer. Um, the Supergirl, she's a character on the Supergirl CW show. Um, and the first, I don't know if it's the first trans character in comics or just in DC comics. Not only is this issue her debut well it's I. it's her because she actually first showed up in that pride special that dc did last month so that's really her debut but they're calling this her debut so i I don't know maybe that book the pride book took place like five years in the future ah there we go (laughs) yes yes (laughs) yeah she's dealing with that celestial but they didn't
0: say that anywhere so it wouldn't have made sense
2: no (laughs) geez also this book has as far as i know the return of the the big ass giant key, golden key to get into oh, the fortress of solitude, I which I like love that. that. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Too. It's so Silver Age. It's so dopey. Um, but anyway, yeah, John Kent takes his takes his boyfriend to the fortress of solitude to help put him up there to be safe from people trying to kill him, and they go in, and Dreamer is sitting there having tea, being poured tea being poured by Kelix, and they're like, "What the fuck? Who are you?" Um, so then we get Dreamer's story, and and. And she's still learning her power. She got there by, I love this bit. She gets there by, you know, Superman has his, um, Papa Superman, has his uh, interplanetary zoo in the Papa fortress. Superman and wow. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she, uh, <laughs> she can apparently travel through the dream time because she got into the fortress by going through the dreams of one of the more intelligent beasts down in the interplanetary zoo. But she didn't know she could do that until she did it.
0: that's cool (laughs) i call my i call it the interplanetary zoo and i don't shave for a long time down there
2: (laughs) (laughs) that's quite the (laughs) thicket
0: so did it all go well i'm excited to read the issue i mean it is i
2: mean there's some cool like bad guy stuff in it i mean somebody drops an unconscious chemo on I think it's Gotham and he explodes and it's full of full of Joker gas. So everybody, including Damian, is, is like being turned into is being Jokerized. So they call them the Justice League who are alive in this. Oh, wait, well, it's the Justice League. I don't know if they're the Justice League. It's the ones that weren't killed. Oh, but wait a minute. There's Wonder Woman. OK, I'm confused when this happens. Maybe, five <laughs> Maybe years it's from happening
1: now. in a different time.
2: Oh, it must be. It must be.
0: And there's Hal Jordan. OK um we can't trust comics anymore it used to be all can't. i had my hat on
2: we can't what yeah. series
0: is this superman, superman. son of El. Oh, yeah. get your
2: shit together dc dc oh but then something happens that explains all that so it's okay, pretty so it sounds like it makes sense yeah it's pretty cool actually and and i like this character dreamer um she's been inter- interesting she's a uh i haven't seen the episodes of Supergirl that introduced her but she's a ancestor of dream girl the Legion of Superheroes comes from the same planet. She's not from Earth. Um, and everybody on that planet has dream powers. That's her. So what do you give it? I gave it. Um, I gave it a 7.5. Well, hell yeah. Hey, nice. Jingo, did
0: you read New Think number two? I did. Was it a thinly veiled metaphor for cancel culture?
1: What? Oh, I didn't get that. Out. Oh, maybe I did get that out of it. It was the the villager woman who was a storyteller. Yeah. Yeah. Or
0: I'm curious what you thought it was, because the other one was obviously sort of like you know the the viewing technology as a parasite or a living species or idea that wants to prop propagate. So this to me seemed I was going into it being like, what is it going to be this time? The art is almost sort of like P. Craig Russell esque, like really nice. Yeah, it's really cool art. Ren fair fantasy stuff, but
3: um, yeah,
1: I think I think you're right. It it's uh, kind of a story about how having a platform and refusing to give it up will will get you um will, will kind of affect the world yeah i don't know that it's because it's also sort of like cancel hey, culture exactly because like this the shit bag is the one who wins in the end well he's not
0: this the point of it is like there's a king who like there's somebody telling a story about him that he doesn't like so he bears all of that person's sins to light knowing that then they wouldn't like people wouldn't listen to their stories anymore but the kind of the crux is that like everyone has sins and everyone does this and we can't judge people on the some shortcomings that they have and we need to let them tell their stories anyway
1: but if he represents cancel culture it didn't work exactly it didn't work because people kept their platforms
0: well it, it it, no everyone put glass walls on their house to bear their own sins if we can all oh, admit that oh, yeah, everyone okay. has everyone has skeletons in their closet it everyone takes the power away from from you know pointing from the petulant person's.
1: man who's the king
0: it, it, he you know he
1: yeah yeah but like the, like, the literal neck beard yeah petulant neck beard yeah i like the story i didn't i obviously didn't try to dig any deeper than just the surface level on it yeah but i dug it i like the art quite a bit
0: i liked the art quite a bit i thought <laughs> i thought it was a little on the nose but now i feel like i sound like i'm smelling my own farts so well,
1: who doesn't i yeah. woke myself up smelling my own farts everyone
0: yesterday. likes their own brand
1: <laughs> jeff okay yeah you got a minute and 30 go
0: Oh, my God, we're doing buckshots this week. Well, I read (laughs) Immortal X-Men number four because I haven't read it since issue number one because I didn't really care for number one. And I was also reading the X-Men Gala. So I read the X-Men Gala and then I read uh, the Eve of Judgment and then I read Immortal X-Men. And the order that you should read those is Immortal X-Men, X-Men Gala, and then Eve of Judgment. So I did that all wrong because there's events that lead into one another. But (laughs) Immortal X-Men number four was actually pretty good. I gave it uh, a 7.0. The art was solid. Uh, we spent most of the time with Emma Frost. I like it. It didn't have some of the trappings that can oftentimes make me really tired of a Kieran Gillen book. So that was pretty good. I did not think that X-Men Gala was super good. I gave it a 7.5. I don't know. Maybe I gave it more like maybe I should give it like, more to X-Men a 7.5, but the Gala was a big event. Stuff happens. There's it's not nearly as well executed as the previous one, nor does it have the fanfare of the previous one. And I'm really just sort of picking up the threads of this whole Moira McTaggart is now a really big bad guy. And it seems like that happened quick. Uh, so I don't know. I I That feels a little contrived to me. And there's a pretty large shift in her personality that's going on. But, uh, you know, the gala, again, I, I like the idea of there being a gala every year. I would love that. I would be like, oh, I don't read every issue of X-Men, but I'd read that one every year. Uh, the art was inconsistent. There was a lot of poorly done art, and then there's like you know six pages. It's also fucking long. Um, I fell asleep reading it and took a nap, and then woke up and read the rest of it. But there's some gorgeous pages pages by Dowderman at the end. And anytime you can get Dowderman art, that's awesome. I wish he'd been able to do the whole thing. I don't know what he's doing right now. Uh, I wish he was doing more. I'm gonna give both of those a seven point five. Um, yeah, I-, I would increase. I would increase Immortal X Men to because i do think that was pretty good i was impressed that uh Kieran Gillen was doing that well Django, minute 50 go minute 30 go
1: eight billion genies number three i am blessed to have read number two uh on tuesday i was running a little bit behind and i sat down in the middle of the day and read it and i like number two and then i just now read number three and i thought it was pretty good i like the the way that they handled the certain wishes and this is this is good stuff Uh, brings you back to that book that I talked about earlier, God hates astronauts. People should be reading that also. Punisher number four, Uh, this has good stuff and bad stuff. I don't know that I care at this point. But I do like the flashback art and I'm interested to see how Frank stops doing this garbage bullshit storyline that he's doing. Uh, Impact Winter number one, vampires with a slight twist. I was surprised by one of the twists and intrigued by the next one. So uh, that's from Image Comics, Travis Beecham, Stephen Green and Matt Hollingsworth. I think people should check that out. Uh, I'm not gonna talk about Death Dealer because I'm assuming Roman probably will. I did also read a second printing of Amazing Spider-Man 2. Number two of Amazing Spider-Man. It's it's pretty good. It's pretty good. I think I'm gonna keep reading it, Jeff. I'll read second printings ow, until ow. we run out. Um,
2: wait, pretty like solid. Which Amazing Spider-Man number two? The Steve the second, Ditko Stanley?
1: The sec no, the second printing of oh. the, the new series oh, okay. uh, by Zeb Wells and, and those other people. John Romita Jr. Yeah oh yeah john romita juniors yeah both of, them. both of them uh roman you got a minute 30 go
2: <laughs> well let's see nice um you know i finally read starhenge book one from last week and i loved it i loved it there's so many things in here that just just tickle me uh, i mean they reference doctor who and terminator and welsh mythology and actual locations in wealth welsh mythology um James Burke gave uh, you five bucks, didn't he? Uh, no, I finally read it today, <laughs> actually, right before the podcast. Uh, it's a science fiction, but also fantasy series. Um, all about, It seems like Grant Morrison territory, all about magic um, eventually. Even references one of the spaceships is, I'm pretty sure, his name for Alfred Bester, the classic science fiction writer. I
0: hardly know her. <laughs> the,
2: the Demolished Man, and um, um, I forgot his other title because of that joke. Um, but but he also wrote art comics too. and he's the guy that wrote the uh, so apparently came up with the in brightest day and black Night Green Lantern Oath mm. and wrote for the Shadow, too. Uh, there's references Kirk Kernunus in here and all sorts. It's just it's so freaking cool. And the art is beautiful. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. A little bit of H.R. Geiger in here. Influence, it seems like I give it a 10. Nice, dude. I'm glad to hear that. Big old fat 10. Round um, 10. Yeah, Merlin's in here at the Vanny had Oh my gosh, it's so cool. Starhenge book 1 The Dragon and the Boar by Liam Sharp. Did everything. I also read uh let's say The Punisher number 4. One second.
0: I want to talk about The Punisher number 4 with everybody. Roman gave that yeah? 10. Yeah. Okay. Django, do you want to give your scores and then we can talk about The Punisher before we go?
1: Yeah, let's look here. Um, Jeff, I opened you up for all kinds of jokes about me emergency reading 8 billion genies number 2 while I took a surprise shit and uh You'll just play play back the tape. You'll get the butt jokes and stuff. OK, uh, 8 Billion Genies number three. I'm going to give that an eight Punisher four. I'm going to give it a seven impact winner. I'm going to give it a seven and Amazing Spider-Man. I'm going to give it a seven and a half. So you're not loving Punisher right now. It's fine. I just I, I don't think Frank is that dumb, uh, like to be duped in this way. And he's probably not. He's probably got some master plan, but it, it just everything about it feels a little heavy-handed to me and i think it would work better in a conan story just like the the mm. he's he's writing this story with a broadsword not a scalpel for me and maybe Rom- i'm just missing the subtleties but
2: roman what are you thinking of this that's uh that's a pretty good summation i'm reading it and i'm you know i'm generally liking it but yeah i always mm-hmm. i think every issue i there's a one moment where I at least when i think you know garth Ennis's punisher would never fall for this he, yeah. he, he would instinctively know, okay, this isn't right. <laughs> These guys are fucking with me.
0: I like it a lot. I That thought did happen, like, occur to me as well, though. I was like, you know, like, and, and I just sort of chalked it up to like, okay, you know, everyone has that thing that they are kind of foolishly susceptible to. And mm-hmm. if him being with his wife again is his, like, maybe it's, I, you know, I can buy into, like, his ultimate weakness is, you know, he'll fall into the hands of somebody to be able to make it so he can see her again but you know i do it ultimately really i'm interested in this whole story of like is the hand planting these memories within him are these actual memories you know at first i was like you know are they doing the thing where they like make a a prophecy like he was always going to be the punisher type thing like he's been being watched since he was a kid but i i also really like the idea that those are not real memories mm-hmm. um so i'm yeah. excited to see what's going to happen with that
2: i do too this this issue something Aries said, I was like, oh, okay, so these are false memories and that' why that's why they don't quite match up with like, say, the Punisher Anything. born. Yeah. Yeah. Or any of the previous Punisher One, origins.
1: What, what you said, Jeff, about him having the weak spot for seeing his wife again, I could see that working right out of the gate, but the way that he interacts with her in this issue makes me yeah. think that he's just like, yeah. he's shoving down the knowledge that this is bullshit in order to do something else. And I think that that's I don't know. I just don't feel like he's it, there's there's too many things that he's doing that go against what I think he would be doing for me to totally buy it.
0: Well, I think that like what you even just said feels like totally on, which is like it feels like he's shoving down his awareness of this bullshit to do something else, like maybe I, kill the the hand leader or something like, you know, he's I, yeah. like maybe he. Like, he's like, I don't want to see my wife because she's dead, but I know that in order to get close to this big fat demon monster thing, I have to pretend that I'm buying into this so that I can get into that to kill him. Yeah,
1: exactly. Or something that. like that.
0: Like, I I think that, yeah, maybe he is buying into this just to do something else and we'll see that. I hope it's that, inter- you know, that complex because yeah it would be kind of one dimensional Frank and I have a a greater sense that he's not going to get
2: duped than yeah than
0: being able to play into this. Roman what do you think?
2: My favorite thing in this issue actually is um I thought the best written character was Aries. Yeah. I really liked mm -hmm. Aries in this. Yeah. I I loved him in that and in this and his uh just his whole thinking and his thinking about the Punisher and him, you know, voicing all of our opinions, saying, you know, this is a this isn't frank he's not being true to his nature
0: yeah i like the yeah. like the deference he has for frank yeah i also like i often complain about how gods are represented within like the pantheon of superheroes and i just i liked the way that they represented him here where he was like yeah i remember when the first human being tried to use a rock to kill another person and i came down from olympus and i was like hmm. okay cool so like they get like you know like you're eternal like this you're not maybe a doctor who you take care of over bodies or something like you're timeless you've always been up there you dip down when you've just been watching us you find you like it it made sense and i dug that
1: yeah i think something roman said a minute ago made me wonder so like i think this series is giving a reason to get rid of um to get rid of frank's classic skull Mm -hmm. logo right or to, to make some sort of comment on that and i'm curious if if they pitched that idea to garth ennis i wonder what he would have come up with because i'll bet it would have been something very different than this and maybe subtle enough that it wouldn't have actually made anybody realize what was going on
0: yeah he is good at subtlety and not subtlety yeah um i gave that one a nine yeah yeah I'm, i'm digging it a lot nice and it was like 32 pages it was a comic and a half
1: yeah like the art is great both arts are great it just yeah, just something X-Men Gala doesn't was quite work.
0: Sixty-four pages.
1: Oh, we didn't get your scores, did we? No, we didn't get my scores. We no, we scores. did. Never yeah, mind. Yeah, yeah, Never yeah. mind. Yeah, I'm I losing guess. the thread, boys. Well, the that train means, has left the station. That means we should probably wrap it my up. Here, ship my ship is crashing.
0: My precious angels. My uh, boat is
1: sinking. Huge,
0: huge thank you to My Will gators Elmer for They're, writing in. Your Celestial is bursting. Always, And another big thank you to Brian Garside for proving that he exists and is not dead to Cup us. Cup is
1: underflowing.
0: Um, if you want to make sure that you're not dead to us, you can write an email. And you can do that by writing anything down ass. anywhere. You can copy it. Uh, or you can go right into your email field and write it down in there, paste it in there. I'm but ultimately smelling
1: Jeff's farts. Send it
0: to Jeff at the ComicsPlace.com. No, actually, it's just Jeff at the comicsplace.com. <laughs> okay, I'm done. Um that was all he had. Jeff <laughs> at the comicsplace.com. That'll get an email to us. Um, it's important because in the future there's going to be some nice perks. Shotguns out this, of bullets. Some <laughs> nice perks related to the store that happen if you write an email into the podcast. Oh, yeah. So get comfortable with it. used to doing it you'll wish that you were writing emails in so get used to it buddies Mm -hmm. Uh, you'll you'll be glad that you did Uh, um big big
1: secret plans
0: on that note um jenny do you have anything you want to say to anybody
1: i already said it all okay (laughs) you were just too busy talking
2: (laughs) 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 what about you romeo Dobbs? um everyone should get starhenge it's a freaking incredible wow i haven't read it yet you'll love it i'm sure it will yeah there's a there's a rush reference oh the greatest band that ever existed they are very
0: good (laughs) i still haven't read public domain my backlog of the comics that i didn't get to the week they came out is kind of getting big i need to do some i need to trim this whatever celestial thorn bush or whatever it was that somebody said earlier
2: celestial thicket yeah uh, i think
0: you said thicket after i made my dumb joke i did yeah it's, it's the celestial zoo or something um okay everyone sorry <laughs> hey uh we'll all talk to you next week for episode 2650, 276 Seven. 277 love you Bye. i'm jeff keep watching the skies
2: i'm roman live long and prosper i'm Django. keep, keep, keep watching this. these guys